0: Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, build your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. We're looking at Isaiah 40, 25 to 31. And I might read more of the, the, the chapter later. Uh, so this is... Uh, this is the, the, the message you guys have been waiting for. It's about waiting on the Lord. I was going to preach it about a month ago and the Lord just kept postponing it and postponing it. and I kept asking him, like, Lord, is this the week? Every week I'd ask him, is this the week? And he's like, no, no, no. And now this is this is the week unless he changes it right now. I don't think he is. Okay. We're going with this. We're going to talk about waiting and how many, how many have ever been in a waiting season? How many of you guys have ever heard the term, wait on the Lord? How many of you guys have ever wondered, what does that really mean? <laughs> I'll raise my hand. Well, we're in the middle of a series called, what does that really mean? And we're going to define what waiting on the Lord means looks like what it is and how we do it. But first, I'm gonna tell you a joke. This is one that was sent to me on Facebook. I appreciate it, but did you know that the first computer did you know that that the first computer was in the Garden of Eden? It was an apple and only and after just one bite Everything crashed. Oh <laughs> well, that that was bad. That that was just that wasn't that wasn't even that funny. Probably because I messed it up. I don't think I told it right. That's that's fine. That's fine. So um I have so many jokes in me, and then and I'll tell them throughout the week to different people, and then I get up here, I just need to write them down. Sometimes I write them down, and other times I'm like that's not a Sunday morning stage joke. I'm just gonna be on. Come on! Don't look at me like wow. We all have those jokes we tell that we would not tell from the pulpit, right? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I said one this morning on the way to church. No. With that said, um, I want to say our parking lot looks really nice. Stage one is done. Praise God. Um. <laughs> We are moving forward with that. Um, stage two is coming, and Phil, thank you for christening our parking lot. He's already done donuts on it, and so. Oh, I'm just joking. Have you guys are uh, Isaiah 40? We're, I'm going to be reading out of the ESV, um, so it might be the NLT on the screen. I apologize for that, but here it says, "To whom then?" Will you compare me, that I should be like him? Says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and see who created these things. He he who brings out their host by number, calling them by name. By the greatness of his might and because he is strong in power, no one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob? And speak over Israel. My way is hidden from the Lord. And my right is disregarded by God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. The creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might. He increases Strength, Even youths shall faint and be weary. Young men shall fall exhausted, but they who wait. Some translations right here say they who trust. But they that wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, how many of you guys have heard that scripture? Some of you guys used to sing it. They that wait on the Lord. If I start singing, Miss Joy's going to be like getting her. She used to tickle those old ivories for the church. But that's that's where that, that song came from. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. I'm not going to sing because children will start crying randomly. It just, it's, not, it's not good. But we wait on the Lord. How many of you guys think waiting is enjoyable? No one, not one taker, thinks waiting is enjoyable. There's a reason for the waiting, and, and it's kind of interesting that in the fruit of the Spirit, once we're born again, the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells us, and then he starts producing this, this fruit in our life. The, the overflow of a relationship with Jesus is the fruit of the Spirit, and if you, if you list them out, love, joy, peace, patience, or long-suffering, well, you don't need patience when you don't have to wait. But the Lord knows that we are going to have seasons of waiting, and let me tell you, how we wait matters. How we wait matters. How we wait on God, how we wait through seasons, because every season has an opportunity for learning, and we can bellyache through the season, we can complain through the season, walk out of the season no different, and sometimes... I'm just going to tell you this. If it's a season from God, he won't let you leave the season until you learn the lesson of the season because he loves you that much. Some of us are stuck in a perpetual season because we refuse to learn the lesson that God's trying to teach us in the season. And so we can actually determine sometimes by our attitude and how we wait how long those seasons are with that said i'm gonna i'm gonna ask a couple questions i'm gonna say a few things and hopefully by the end of this message we'll be out by 3:30 <laughs> and there's a lot to say about waiting but what is waiting what is waiting So when you look up the word wait in Hebrew here that Isaiah wrote, this is what it's defined as and used as in the Bible. So it says, to wait, look for, hope, expect. That's what the biblical definition of waiting was, that that when he said, wait on the Lord, that's actually the whole phrase. When it said, wait on the Lord, the whole phrase is... uh, described as this, defined as this, to wait, look for, hope, expect. So when you wait on the Lord, this is what Isaiah was writing to the people of Israel. He's saying, wait on the Lord. So when you wait, only in the Bible can it actually use wait to define wait, but you look for. So when we go through seasons of waiting, we should be looking for God to do something. We should be hoping for God to show up, and we should be expecting in faith that God is going to show up. And so, when you go back and read this chapter, I'm, I'm going to read just some of it for you. Isaiah 40, it's like Isaiah is technically the longest book in the Bible, FYI. It has less chapters in Psalms, but word for word, it's longer. And so this chapter is a very long chapter, but I'm gonna I'm gonna read a little bit of this of this book and uh, of of this chapter to help to de- de- to describe our perspective before we wait, because he takes and he disc- he says, "Wait on the Lord, you renew your strength, you should mount up on wings." But right before that, he's he's taking and refocusing. The the nation's eyes on who God is. And so let's just read it for a second. It starts in verse 12. And this is not on the screen. But it says, who else has held the oceans in his hands? Who measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and hells on on a scale? Who is able to advise the spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? Did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? No! For all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than dust on the scale. He picks up the whole earth as though it were a grain of sand. All the wood in Lebanon's forest and Lebanon's animals would not be enough to make a burnt offering worthy of our God. The nation's of the world are worth nothing to him. In his eyes, they count for less than nothing mere emptiness and froth. To whom can you compare God? What image? So now he's kind of getting personal. And now he's about to jab at Israel because Israel is in the height of idolatry. They're worshiping Baal and Asherah. They are sacrificing children. They are doing things. In fact, Isaiah ends up being killed because he's calling this nation, repent, turn back to God. And so now he's being a little tongue-in-cheek to them because what they're doing, when you think about idolatry, what Israel's doing is completely asinine. And he says, to whom can you compare God? What image can you find to resemble him? Can he be compared to an idol formed in a mold, overlaid with gold and decorated with silver chains? Or if people are too poor for that, they might at least choose wood that won't decay and a skilled craftsman to carve an image that won't fall down. So he's describing God. He's like, man, God measured the heavens with his fingers. He measured the oceans in the palm of his hand. And then here the nation of Israel, knowing who God is, is choosing to turn around and make something. Think about the the complete idiocracy of what they're doing. They're forming something out of stone, gold, silver, wood then turning around, setting that up in their homes or on hills, and then going and actually burning sacrifices like, Joe down the street made that for me, and now I'm going to say it's God? I'm going to ask this thing that I cut down the tree for to have Joe carve, I'm going to ask it to give me a good harvest? That's what they were doing. And so he's kind of being tongue-in-cheek, he's like, yeah who are what what idol what what little thing that that man can make can't compare haven't you heard don't you understand are you are you deaf to the words of god the words he gave before the world began are you so ignorant god sits above the circle of the earth The people below seem like grasshoppers to him. He spreads out the heavens like a curtain, and he makes his tent from them. He judges the great people of the world, and he brings them down to nothing. They hardly get started, barely taking root, when he blows on them, and they wither. The winds carry them off like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? asks the Holy One. So Isaiah ends that section with they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Like young men won't grow weary. Old men won't faint. And the first thing he does is he gets their perspective of God right. Waiting on God looks different when your view of God is right. Waiting on God looks and feels different when your view of God is correct. You can go through a season where you are waiting and it's tough and it's hard and you don't know how you're going to make it and you you keep praying the same prayers, God show up, God do this, God heal this, God and and those are good things to pray. Don't give up in your prayer life. But sometimes the enemy comes in, and actually all the time the enemy comes in and says, "God's not hearing you. God's not going to show up. God's not going to do that. He's not going to save your marriage. He's not going to give you a baby. He's not going to. You know, he he just lies." And so you keep praying, and the enemy keeps attacking. And then you're like, "God, are you silent? God, where are you?" And he's tr- the enemy always does the same thing. He tries to get you to doubt the goodness of God. He tries to get your view of God to be distorted, so it affects your prayer life. So it affects how you wait. So you, instead of waiting properly with a proper view of God, is saying, "You know what? I might be going through this season, but God's going to see me through this season. I might be, but my, I might be having a rough go right now." But God's been faithful. And and when I look at his track record, he's never failed. So in this current season, he'll never fail. But the enemy tries to distort that. So what we got to do while we wait is to get the proper view of God. Because waiting on God looks and feels different when our view of God is correct. We need to understand who our God is how great he is, that though we're going through a tough season, it is not greater than our God. It is not greater than the cross of Jesus. It's not greater than the resurrection of Jesus. That Jesus gave us victory over every single thing this life can throw at us through Jesus, by Jesus, for Jesus' glory. So we have to have the right view of God to walk correctly with God through a season of waiting. So what is waiting? To wait, look for hope. Man, have this expectation. It's about to get over. God's about to move. Man, he's about to heal that cancer. He's about to show up in my finances. He's about to, he's about to bring me that spouse. He's about to bring me that child. I have hope. You, you can't have faith without hope. You can have hope without faith. So what do we do? The next question I want to ask is how to wait? How how, how do we wait? I'm going to read a section of scripture out of Hebrews chapter 10, 32 through 36. And this is really cool because Holy Spirit produces in us Everything we need to wait. The world on the outside tries to <laughs> tries to get us not to wait. We we live in a society where we, we can go get a beautiful meal in a matter of minutes at a nice restaurant where you know it used to take you know mom all day to cook, you know, like we, we live in a society that's so instant that we don't see the value of waiting. But let me tell you, um, I'll give you a quick example to make everyone hungry, so you guys want to leave faster. Um, but you have to wait. It's a, it's, a, it's a practical example. Amy makes, in my opinion, the best jambalaya I've ever had. I love her jambalaya. It's so good. It's, uh, it's my favorite thing she makes. Like, She's like, hey, I, you want to go out to lunch? For your dinner, for your birthday, or do you, I'm like, no, I want you to make jambalaya. Like, I just love it that much. And um, she got a pressure cooker. You know those things that are practically bombs on your um, countertop. Throw it together. So technically, you can cook it in that. You can mix it all together and throw it together, and then pressure cook the snot out of that rice. You're just like, rice, your water's gonna get in you. Like it's it's crazy. And in like 20 like in 20 minutes, you have jambalaya and it's good but let me tell you when she gets the big pot out like the the big round one and she lets it simmer it takes like an hour hour and a half but let me tell you the flavor between the simmering and waiting and the smell like you don't get the smells with with the pressure cooker you get the nasty steam hitting you in the face like you only let the steam hit you in the face one time before you learn to put a towel over that You're like, how do you open this? And then you get blinded and scalded. But like the simmering and the waiting for all of the flavors to mix. And then it's just so much better on the stovetop. Is it good in the pressure cooker? For sure. It's good. But it's not as good. If you just wait and then you get the smells. And then the best part is like, man, like I had to stop myself from eating when she makes jambalaya, because I know, I know if I just wait till the next day, the flavors are going to be off the charts even more. It's going to be more spicy. It's going to be, it's, all, the, all of it's going to just be better. Because I waited. And the Holy Spirit gives us everything we need to wait. So in Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 32, it says this throw it up on the screen real quick. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you weren't exposed to public... Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule ridicule and were beaten, and sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail... And when all you own was taken from you and you accepted it with joy. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. So do not throw away this confident trust. And the Lord remember it. some translations say those who trust in the Lord shall renew their strength, those who wait on the Lord. This is that same word. Don't throw away this confident hope, this confident expectation, this confident waiting in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Patient endurance. My favorite, one of my favorite scriptures is James chapter 1. It says, Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Here, the author of Hebrews is saying, Patient endurance is what you need now. Is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. What waiting on the Lord does in us, it allows us to endure. It, it develops in us this ability to go through seasons with joy. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in you love, joy, peace, patience. Now, what is endurance? What is endurance? Endurance is your ability to weather. A circumstance. Perseverance is your ability to weather a season. So how do we wait? We wait with patience, endure, patient endurance trusting God. We wait with patient endurance trusting God. We have to trust God as we wait. We wait with patient endurance. I, I, I think that um, endure, we need both endurance and perseverance to walk out our faith in waiting seasons and in non-waiting seasons. Endurance is like, you need endurance to run a 5K or a marathon, but that's an event. But the season leading up to the 5K is like six months, or, or the marathon is like six months of training. You persevere through the training so you can endure the event. You need both. You need patient endurance, patient perseverance, Keep going. And when you, when, when you focus on God, as you're going, suddenly you can do it with joy. These guys were being beaten. These guys were having their homes taken from them. These guys were, were getting thrown into jail. And it says they did so with joy because they endured patiently, trusting God. How else do we wait? We wait with joy. Understanding waiting on God is the blessing. When you understand, like, God is the blessing. Waiting on God is the blessing. I might not not get the resolution out of the season that I want, but in the process, God is working in me and on me and through me. That's the blessing. So often we look for the blessing and we forget the blessing is just knowing Jesus. Sometimes we forget that the trial is a blessing because of what it produces in us. Well, how is a trial a blessing? I don't know, talk to Jesus' little brother, James. He said, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. We want to jump out of the water as soon as it gets a little warm. But he's saying, no, wait. Let it produce in you joy because when you look at Jesus, all this life doesn't matter. And if you go back, he says, he says the, how they were doing that is because you knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. How did they wait? How did they wait through that season with joy and perseverance? How? They focused on heaven. They focused on Jesus. So we wait with patient endurance, trusting God. We wait with joy, understanding what waiting on God is a blessing. And then the next thing we do is we wait. While we wait. That makes no sense. I'm glad you think that. Let me explain. Too often while we go through waiting seasons, we, we, we get impatient. I can't, I, okay, I, I can't say we. Too often when I go through waiting seasons, I get impatient. God, I want to buy a house. He's like, wait. This is not us when I'm about to say this, but god i want an, I want a kid It's like, wait, God, I need a new job. Wait, God, I want to get married, wait, etc. We get impatient and then we get frustrated, and we don't know what to do we uh we get so used to everything being about us, I, I, I. And what I have here is a towel. And a lot of times, what is a towel used for? To dry off. It's, a towel is there for us, right? Like you wipe your sweat with it. Um, if you're like me and you're eating barbecue, it looks a lot like this. Just kind of t- tuck it in there. And, uh, but it's the, the towel serves us. And we get so used to going through seasons where it's all about us. And we don't understand that we need to wait while we wait. How many of you guys have ever been to a restaurant? You know those people that um, take your order? And they bring your drinks and your food. What are they called? Waiters. They're waiters. Because they're waiting on you to get done so they can put someone else at your table so they can get another tip. Let's just be real. That's what they're doing. They just wait, though. They're waiting off to the side. But what do they do while they're waiting? They serve. What do you need? how can I serve, do you need some more water, do you need, you know, uh, do, do you need some more chips if you go to a Mexican restaurant, do you, like they're always checking on you the whole time, while they're waiting, they're waiting, so we need to take our towel, Jesus never used a towel for himself, he used it to clean the feet of his disciples, we need to take it off of our neck, because life isn't just about you. While we're waiting, God, I want a house. I want this. I, 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 and say, God, Father, how can I serve you? We wait while we wait. Lord, this season isn't getting any faster. Lord, I still want to buy a house. Lord, we still want a child. We still, I, I still want a new job. Lord, I, I my, 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 my mom is still sick. My dad is still sick. Lord, I'm still fighting this, but how can I serve? How can I serve you? What do you need me to do? Who do you need me to pray for? What, we wait while we wait. Those who wait upon the Lord. How do you, how you wait Matters. Those 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 servers in restaurants, they're also called servers. They, they're waiting on you to get done. They're waiting for that season of you at that table to be over. At the same time, they're saying, How can I serve you? What can I do for you? We wait. While well, we wait. It changes everything. Because suddenly, like like the Hebrew church, we can remember, this is not about me. This is about his glory. It's about his honor. It's about him. I I, I don't know what waiting looks like for you. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, I'm going to make a shameless plug here. Maybe in this season, you need to jump on a team at C1. Serve, serve the church body. A couple weeks, we have start C1. That's a good start. Jump on a team. Jump on a greeting team. Serve while you're waiting. It's an easy way, and we we, we, we pamper our, our volunteers. We, they have a whole room full of snacks and stuff. We, we go out to bowling nights, and we have a really cool thing in December that Amy puts together. We had a comedian come in last year. Um, we won't have him back because he's not funny, but I'm joking. <laughs> no, he was really funny. Um, we like, Yeah, we love our volunteers, but maybe that's what it is right now. you like, oh, I don't know how to serve. Well, that's an opportunity. Let us facilitate an opportunity for you to serve. Wait while you wait. Maybe it's, I need to serve my family more. Maybe, I, I don't know what it looks like. Ask the Lord. The last thing I want to hit you with is how, how do we wait? We worship while we wait. We worship while we wait. When we understand that God wastes nothing, He's not wasting the season you're in. He's not wasting it. He's using it. What you think is a setback is a setup. What you think is a trial is going to be victory. What you, what you think is, is bad, God is going to use for good, that's Romans 8:28. God makes all things work together for the good of those who serve Him. What is waiting? serving and are called according to his purpose. We worship while we wait, understanding who God is. First of all, that's what Isaiah says. Look at God. He's worthy of all praise. Have we not forgotten who God is? Have we forgotten how worthy he is? Remember who God is. And then we realize, you know what? He works all things together for my good. It's going to be okay. Someone needs to hear that today. The situation you're in is going to be okay. Lift your head up. It's going to be okay. God's working for you. It's going to be okay. God is moving. It's going to be okay. God hasn't forgotten you. It's going to be okay. And worship. Man, worship is such a powerful thing that the Lord has allowed us to do and participate in. Because worship worship is never about us, first of all. But worship always reminds us of how good, how great, how awesome, how amazing our God is. How faithful our God is. That he's never left us nor forsaken us. He'll be with us always. How, how he always shows up. How loving that his love for you has never diminished. It'll never run out. Worship reminds us of that. And I'm not just talking about singing a song. Because sometimes we think of worship because there's a whole genre of music called worship and we only associate it with that. No, lifestyle is worship. Walking with Jesus is worship. Everything we do is worship. And worship gets our eyes on Jesus and off of our situation, off of that season, off of that. So when we walk through that season, we can say, you know what, God's doing something with it. We can have the expectation and that hope that he's about to because we're worshiping the God that makes Something out of nothing. He could turn any situation around. And the last thought, true last thought, my closing remark the third time is the, what is the overflow of waiting? While we wait, God is doing something in us. He's not just doing something for us. God is doing something in us. He's working in us. He's working on us. And he'll work through us. Isaiah says something so beautiful in the midst of his country, losing their minds with idolatry and chasing after gods of their own design. He says, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Maybe you feel weary and burdened. You're like, I don't don't have strength in this season. I can't keep going. Wait on the Lord. Wait while you wait. Worship while you wait. Because God wants to give you strength in this season. In this waiting season say, well, we're not really idolaters here in the United States. We don't, we don't make idols out of stone and gold and wood. Sometimes we can, you know, you've heard it your whole life probably, anything can be an idol. But worship is essentially what you choose to put your trust in. If you're trusting anything, if you're trusting anything over God, you're worshiping it. Maybe it's your job. You're trusting it to provide for you more than God. You're worshiping it. Maybe it's your spouse. You're trusting them to bring stability to your heart and your emotions. You're worshiping your, your marriage. Maybe it's your family. Anything you choose to put your trust in over God is worship. Because what, what, what that is, is saying, God, I don't trust you enough to have this. So I'm going to have to take it from you. And I'm going to trust them to take care of it. That's idolatry. But they who wait on the Lord say, I'm going to trust in Him. I'm going to trust Him with the season. I'm going to trust Him with the situation. I'm going to trust Him with my family. I'm going to trust Him with my finances. I'm going to trust Him with my marriage. I'm going to trust Him with my children. I'm going to make it all the way around. I'm going to trust Him with my job. I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to trust the Lord. That's worship. And that's how you wait. The overflow waiting The Lord renews our strength. It says, we shall mount up on wings as eagles. What does that mean? Like, you know, we're the, we had the bald eagle here, but I mean, you guys, you've heard this your whole life, but what does it really mean to mount up on wings like eagles? That's like, are you just going to soar? Are you just going to fly around? Here's an interesting lesson I actually learned from Pastor Ben when he was here. Eagles do something very interesting, the storms. They take, when it's downpouring and it's really storming like yesterday, the eagle will sit and face the storm and they will stare straight at it. And they're looking for a gap in the clouds. And as soon as they see light peek through that cloud—it doesn't matter how bad it is. They just see the, you know, their eyesight's way better than ours. They see the tiniest little bit of light. They mount their wings and they book it, and they punch that hole. It doesn't matter if it's this big. If they just see the light, they go through the clouds that are producing the storm that makes life for an eagle unlivable. They can't do anything they actually go into the storm through the lightning, through all of that, and they get above it where there is no storm. And they mount their wings, and they soar. And they dry, and they're safe as the storm passes. So when the Bible says... We shall run and not grow weary. We shall not walk and not faint. We shall mount up on wings as eagles. God's saying, I'm going to get you through this storm, but look up. Look up. Look for the sun. Look to the sun. Look to the sun. I'm not recommending going outside staring at the sun. I'm saying, look at Jesus. Look up. Get your eyes off of the season. Get your eyes off of the situation. Get your eyes on Jesus. The storm doesn't go away for the eagle. It's still there. It's just beneath them. The storm might not go away in your life. You might walk out of here with the same physical problem, with the same emotional problem. You might walk out of here with the same family problems. But let me tell you, if you look up, If you look to Jesus, He will renew your strength. He will help you ride this storm out. He will get you through the season of waiting. Those who wait on the Lord renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. Two wait. How we wait matters. How we wait matters. The overflow of waiting is God strengthening us. God saying, hey, you know what? This season might not shorten, but I'm telling you, I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm not against you. It's going to be okay. Look up. Mount those wings. I'm so I'm so guilty, guys, of seeing circumstances and being discouraged. Saying God, I don't know. I'm so guilty. But I can tell you this. Every time I stop, in fact, just a couple weeks ago, me and my wife, we were just talking and we're we're just I don't know if you guys have noticed at the store, but things have gotten a little more expensive lately. Um, It's not just me, right? It's everyone. It's like two weeks of groceries, you know, 2020 was 150 bucks and that gets you a pack of bubble gum now. I'm just joking. It gets you a piece of bubble gum now. Thanks, Executive Branch not saying anything stop it stop it we're gonna take we were talking and we're like you know we have to readjust our budget every month because things just keep going keep going keep going we're praying we're praying I said Ames we just need to make this a matter of prayer this season that we're in will will go and I know it's not just us it's everyone And I I had to go up to Nashville and on the way um, we were just praying and on the way Amy called me back and she said hey a school in Nashville a private school in Nashville just called me they want me to come up there and teach a couple days a week I was like really we just literally prayed that morning (laughs) about that it doesn't start until obviously school starts but Telling you, God hears when you just wait on Him. Like Lord, we can't change this. We can't change the culture. We can't change the the our our um, our finances. We we can't change the inflation rate. We can't change any of that. But I'm telling you, when you bring things to God and you remind yourself who He is, and I on the way up to. I made it a point on the way up to Nashville that morning. It's like an hour drive. Like I am not gonna, I'm not going to I'm going to pray like Lord, you see my circumstance and I trust you. And that's all I said. I'm like I'm just going to worship all the way up here. I'm just going to worship all the way up here. I'm going to make it a point to recalibrate my eyes to Jesus. Cuz I was really discouraged. I was. But the Lord But the Lord shows up, answers the prayer. And it's exactly what we need. Exactly. You can't make this stuff up. God knows. When you wait on the Lord, how we wait matters. The overflow of waiting is God renewing us and changing us. And and how I like to I I, I think a really good foundation for waiting is worship. It was worship and song. I can't sing, but man, let me tell you, I like to belt. I like to sing. That's why actually they don't have have headphones in, they have earplugs in because I have So, But I want us to stand and we're going to worship. We're going to worship through this season. I don't know what season you're in, but we're going to worship because God is faithful. Because God is more than enough, and I'm telling you, as we worship, He changes things. Mountains move when we worship, demons flee when we worship. Our our mind is changed when we worship. When we remind ourselves how big, how great, how amazing, how faithful, how good our God is, things change. It's our battle cry. There's a there's a song that says, This is how I fight my battles. And all it is is worship. We worship. We fight differently. We fight differently in the kingdom. We fight by worshiping. We fight by praying. We fight by lifting up the the Lord. I believe that God's going to change perspectives today. I believe that as we worship, if you came in here with physical need, that God could heal you. In fact, I'm going to be up here for prayer if you need prayer. My wife will be up here for prayer if you need prayer. But let's worship. Let's worship while we wait. Father, I just pray for your church. That in this season, that every one of us, different different problems, different people, different, different situations. Father, every one of us walked in here differently, but Lord, you are so intimate and so you, you are so intentional that you meet us right where we are as if we were the only person going through it. And, Lord, I thank you for that. And, Lord, I pray that as we worship your holy name, as we lift you up for your glory and your honor, that, Lord, you change perspectives. Lord, let us refocus our eyes as we wait on you. Lord, I pray for people, if they need healing, that you heal them. And, Lord, if they're dealing with anxiety, I pray for peace. Lord Jesus, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, even those watching online, Lord, I pray that your presence will fall right where they're at right in the room that they're at if it's a hospital room, I just pray for healing in that hospital room, in the name of Jesus and Lord, I just pray that you do in us what only you can do, let us walk out of here transformed by who you are